Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So one more time, how was your week? Did you win? Did you break your leg? Hallelujah. Please bow your heads one more time and let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, leading is the mechanism of your spirit. And first of all, your spirit is in us, has softened our heart, softened our heart, and um, our hearts are inclined to do your bidding, to flow <laughs> like an ocean in the direction of your desires. Your leading is not difficult for us. We trust you. We flow. We listen. We are receptive. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Say loud amen. amen. Your amen can be louder than that. Amen. All right. So I'm going to start this morning by defining two words. Two words. Because the understanding of these words will bring to light a crucial requirement for consistent and divine leading. And what I mean is this, if the leading of the Spirit will be consistent in your life, you're going to have to understand these concepts. There are fundamental concepts that must be understood. And the two words I want to define this morning are consecration and surrender. Consecration and surrender. What is consecration? It is the dedication to the service and the worship of a deity. Dedication to the service and the worship of a deity. Where you dedicate something to the service and the worship of a deity. That's consecration. In the Old Testament, all the equipment used in temple worship, they were consecrated, separated. For the service and the worship of God. So when you're thinking of consecration, you're thinking of separation. What does surrender mean? It means to yield to the possession or the power of another. To yield to the possession or the power of another. Now, we have many songs that talk about surrender in church. I surrender, I surrender all. I surrender. You see? Yeah. Unto thee, my. I surrender. Very beautiful song, very powerful, right? And you see, a while ago, I had this, I wouldn't call it debate, I mean, let me say back and forth with Pastor Mayor, pastor of our Abuja branch. And you see, Pastor Mayo and I, we usually have this theological back and forth so where he's asking me questions. You know, I'm his pastor. He respects my opinion. But, he, you know, he wants to know about this and that. When Pastor Mayo comes to the question, in my mind, I'm already like, okay, here we go again. You know, and we're discussing the etymology of the word surrender. And what does it mean? And there is a pastor that we both respect who had said that surrender is not for Christians. And hold on, I will explain. Surrender, I said, is to yield to the possession of 
someone, but it is usually under duress, by force. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're thinking of surrender, you're talking about someone who comes against you and defeats you. And so you have no choice than to lay down your weapons and call it truce. Give the peace sign. Not because you had a choice. So you're more likely to think of consecration as something done willingly and surrender as something done under duress. Well, you could argue the semantics. And we don't really have time for that. But the reason why I don't even really bother about songs, about surrender being sung in church, is simply this. A lot of people just walk in here. And what makes you think that there aren't people who really actually need to surrender? I mean, God needs to knock them off their horse on their way to Damascus. How, what makes you think that there aren't people who are treading the path of rebellion? Who need to be defeated in their desires? Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, forms of people in church. Maybe in workers' meeting you can say so. Even in workers' meeting, you'll be amazed. Some people just find themselves on a path that is not consistent with God's leading for their lives. Are you with me now? And you know what's even more devastating? Is the fact that what we are describing is the summary of many people's devotional life. They are always on the wrong path and God will always have to defeat them and redirect them. They are, they are the Jonas of our generation. Always going the opposite direction and God has to cause a storm, bring them back in, you know, in the belly of a fish back to their destination. Always going on the path that is contrary to God's plan and when everything turns south, maybe the world has shown them, they've seen the fertility of their own plans. They now come back singing, I have made you too small in my eyes. So before we go on giving you tips on how to hear God, there is something more fundamental to talk about. And it is simply this. Are you listening? That's the title of my sermon this morning. Are you listening? interested are you in God's leading to begin with? How interested are you? Not everybody is as interested as they claim. I mean, everybody likes divine leading when it favors their own cause. Come on, let's be honest about this. Have you ever tried to advise someone who is already set in his own ways and you know that no matter what you say, the person will still do what the person wants to do? Has it happened to you? How did that go for you? How frustrating was that? And many people here, maybe, that's what you do in your walk with God. In fact, for God to tell you something, he's already thinking about the strategy. He has to do something grand, like set a bush on fire that is not consumed, you know, or something. Or do something to get your attention. And so we have to address that fundamental issue. There is a position of the heart that will incline the ears to hear. And so the real question this morning is, are you listening? Are you listening? When your heart is already set in its ways, 
Even if God speaks, you will hear the wrong thing. You will hear something else. And I have practical examples in the Bible. When God spoke to Jesus from the clouds, in one instance, the Bible says that the people around Jesus heard it thunder. But it was the voice of God. But they heard something else. Meaning, the voice of God is not like sound in our realm. It's not science. If there's a sound here, everyone is going to hear it except you have a problem. But in the realm of the spirit, it is the position of your heart, the receptiveness of your heart that determines if the frequency that you're receiving will be intelligible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Brothers and sisters, are you even listening to God? Many people already have a plan for their lives and then they present it to God for endorsement. So now, for God's will to be fulfilled in your life, He's going to have to go through you. Because you're going to fight God without you even knowing. So that's something we have to talk about. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, divine leading always functions with two presuppositions. Anyone who is receptive to the leading of God has presupposed that God's time is better. That's number one. And has presupposed that God's way is better. If you don't believe these two, you're not ready to be led. If you're going to be led by God, you must believe that God's time is not just better, but best. And God's way is best. So I'm saying divine leading is first and foremost about trust. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep that which I have committed to his hands. So he's saying, my life is in God's hands. I trust him. He's going to do a good job. But you see, when you're having doubts that the captain of your salvation knows what he's doing, that's where the problem lies. So I'm just going to talk as briefly as I can on those two subtopics. God's time, God's way. God's process God's methods. Let's talk about God's timing. I remember as a child, my mom was teaching me how to plant beans. And everything went well. We went to the garden. She dug a little bit. We put the seed. We covered it up. We poured water, you know. And it was time for the difficult part. I said, what next, mom? And she said, well, we have to wait. Ah, so I had to turn my back and go. There was nothing else to do. Do you realize, oh boy, do you, re do you know how important what I'm saying is? That there are some times, no matter what you have done, 
What is left for you to do is to wait. You've done all that is within your power to be done. You've dug the ground. You've put the seed. You've covered it up. You've watered it. Guess what? Now you have to wait. And that's the difficult part for this generation. Wait. Oh, as a child, I couldn't wait. And so every six hours, and when I told my wife this, she said, oh, you even tried six hours? Every six hours, I will go and open the ground again to see how the seed is doing. Of course, you already know how it ended. It couldn't grow that way. If the seed is going to grow, it's going to need some time. I'm going to have to look away. Stop digging it back up. Some of you, that's what you're doing with your life. There are some things that God has planned for you, no matter what you do. You have to wait. No matter what a child does, no matter how many times in a day a child eats, growing taller is going to take time. You know, my, my first daughter, she has this new habit now. When she wakes up in the morning, she just goes to the wall and she does this. Oh, I'm getting taller and taller. And I understand her anxiety, but it's going to take time. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. So, there are some things that God has ordained for your future that will remain in your future no matter how you whine and cry and you might be comparing the present of others to God's future plan for you, but God is not going to look at that. Your time is still coming. So the real question now is, are you going to trust this timing? Are you going to trust this timing? Time has made many people become ungrateful ungrateful. Maybe your dad did not go to school. He worked very hard. He worked three jobs. He sent you to a good school. Now you are in a good school with classmates who are from a family who have enjoyed four, five generations of wealth. And now you are angry. You are disgruntled. You're not satisfied. You're comparing yourself to them. Maybe if my dad worked a little harder, forgetting that those people, their parents probably didn't work half as hard as your dad. Many of them just inherited wealth and passed down to their children. Your dad worked so hard. And guess what? If your dad didn't work hard, you wouldn't even have the opportunity to be in that school to compare yourself with those guys. Time. Trust God's time. Let me ask you this. Has it ever happened that you wanted something so bad and when you eventually got it, you're not like, I should have waited. Has it happened to you before? Or when, when, you, when everything eventually panned out, you're not like, why was I even anxious? Well, let that be a lesson for the things you are desiring right now. Do, do you trust God? Can, can you just trust him and say, you know, I've committed my life to your hands. I'm going to wait. I've done all I know to do, like a seed in the ground. Now is time for me to wait. I saw an ad 
from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, that ad was one of the best ads that I'd ever seen. It was advertising a new device, a phone, that was faster, you know, could receive information, process information faster and simultaneously and all of that. And then the voiceover of that ad said, this is the perfect device for a generation that cannot wait. And I said, oh my God, they know us. They know us. Patience is becoming extinct. It's becoming very rare, very scarce. We cannot wait. We want everything so fast. We want everything now. Meanwhile, there's a process to life and God has a timing for your life. And I sense very strongly that this service is a special intervention for some of you. God is asking me to tell you to trust him. Trust his timing. And then also you have to trust his methods. Listen, we are talking about God's will for your life, not yours. And I'm going to talk about maybe next week or upper week, how God aligns our wills to his. But you see, from a natural human standpoint, you have to understand that there will be a difference. And the way God has engineered your life to pan out is not very likely not the way you envisaged. It's not the way you envisaged. And so you're going to have to trust his methods. And so, like Joseph, you were in a program and then the word was going forth and the Lord spoke to you. Oh, guess what? I have a plan for your future. You're going to be very great politically. And then you see a vision and you see even your parents paying allegiance to you. Your brothers paying allegiance to you. You see all of that. And everything is going well in the present. Your dad even gives you a coat of many colors and you know, you're walking around in that coat and you can picture the future that, you know, <laughs> that you're about to feature in. The much later, you find yourself in a well, fighting for your life. And then, graciously, so you think, your brothers bring you out. And you're like, ah, okay, they've changed their mind. But just then, you hear them pricing, pricing on, on your head. How much last? No, uh-uh, 50K. See, he has brought chest to. He can fetch water. They're pricing, pricing you. You, that was supposed to rule nations. They're pricing you. They sell you off as a houseboy. As if that's not bad enough. You do, you, so um, you go to the house and you're singing, I will still trust God. I will not complain. You know, everything is going on fine. You are serving faithfully. You end up in prison. Who would have thought that in spite of everything that appeared to have been going wrong, God's plan was still in order. Are you listening to me? Listen. 
There is a name that your God is called. He's called Jireh. The providential God. Such that, hey, 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 are you with me? Come on. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There will never be a tomorrow that you will step into that God has not been, been to. He has engineered everything to fit his plan for your life if he would align. So now I'm asking, now I'm asking, now I'm asking, when you read the story of Joseph, how does that inspire you individually? As it pertains to your own story, your own journey, can you trust God? Where you can come to a point, and this is the revelation of Jairah. Joseph told his brothers at the end, he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. That even the so-called inconsistencies of my life are still going to play a part in me eventually finding myself where God will have me as if no time was lost. So loud, amen. So I mean you, you, I mean, you saw it differently. God said, you're going to rule nations. So you're expecting from that place in your house, coat of many colors, one day a prophet will just come. Sorry, are you Joseph? I saw a vision. The Lord said, you are the next ruler. <laughs> I'll take you straight. No. It may not happen. But that's the mystery of our kingdom. I've told you this before. Don't forget this. The epicenter of our faith is the fact that life is the evidence of death. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we see this at work even in natural creation, even in planting seeds, that except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. All right? But if it dies, it will sprout up and bear forth much fruit. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, this is, what a mystery. That even when things are not going well, maybe it's because God wants to birth something special in you. Do you realize that no single person who was trusting God's plan for their lives was barren without a cause? Every single person who had a delay in conception eventually gave birth to someone great. So if they told you you were going to wait for a while, but the child you are going to have is going to shake nations, will you just rather take one now or just go to one baba who will give you one child that... <laughs> are you with me? God's timing, God's methods. So, in you is the destiny. On you is the prophecy to be the deliverer of Israel, like Moses. But guess what? There's a time. If you try to do anything before your burning bush experience, you're going to mess everything up. So, Long before the burning bush experience, one day Moses was passing and he saw someone, a soldier of the Egyptians, 
oppressing one of his people. He couldn't take it. And I'm going to show you in this teaching series how many times your zeal is a pointer to your divine leading. But hey, you're still going to mess that up if you don't understand timing. Yes, you are responding that way because it's your destiny to do something about this. But it's not time. And so what did Moses do? He pounced on the guy, killed the guy, and almost put himself in trouble. Don't try to stand before Pharaoh if you've not stood before a burning bush. There is a time for everything God has asked you to do. Did you hear what I just said? God's time, God's process. Keyword for divine leading, consecration. If you don't understand consecration, hear it in the words of Jesus. You are the garden of Gethsemane. You know that what you're about to face the next day is not child's play. You're going to experience a pain so devastating that it cannot be described. Do you know that crucifixion is so devastating in terms of pain threshold that it is from the word crucifixion that the English word excruciating was birthed? That, that word excruciating pain, like crucifixion took the description of pain to a new level. They had to use it to coin a new word. And yeah, it was all fun and games years before. Healing the sick, doing all of that. But now you come to that moment. You know, you know that tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow is going to go down. Or maybe you are going to go down. And then you kneel. These are the words of consecration. You say, if it is possible, let this cup pass over. Nevertheless, I think that word nevertheless says it all. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's what consecration is. I don't understand what is happening. I don't like what is happening. But you know what? If in the grand scheme of things, you, the great architect of the universe, you know that this is part of the templates of my destiny. You know what I surrender? Or maybe even better, I'm consecrated to your plan. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, your Gethsemane experience, speaking metaphorically, is a place where convictions will either be strengthened or abandoned. Many of you are in that season of your life now. If Jesus gave up at Gethsemane, we would not have known. Do you realize? He could have given up. And we will not have known except if God chose to tell us, oh, years ago I sent someone who should have done this for you. But ah, it was difficult. So, well, it is what it is. It is what it is. Think about that. The Bible says, angels of God, 
strengthen him. So that's a question for you to answer. Make no mistake. The leading of God is not the easy way. The fact that it's God's will does not mean it to be easy. If you don't understand that, you've not read your Bible well. The fact that it's God's will does not mean it will be easy. But we have to be consecrated fundamentally. And here is something. Here is something you must know. Can I tell you something? If you don't master what I'm teaching you about consecration, even your divine time will become longer. You will spend more time than you are meant to. So God was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. And the way to the promised land actually had a shorter route. But in that shorter route, they would have had to face many oppositions. And God knew the hearts of the Israelites. Their convictions were not strong. If they saw war, they would have run back to Egypt. So because, not because of his divine timing, but because of their lack of preparation and consecration, he led them the, the farther way to go through the wilderness for many years. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you are not prepared for God's plan, you're going to waste your time. You're going to end up spending more time. And what should have taken you a few years will take you decades. So sometimes it's not even about God's time that is actually always long. It's just you. Listen, if you pay attention to all that the Lord is teaching you, it's going to change your life forever. So we're here to discuss something fundamental about your Christian faith where Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, Paul said he is crucified unto the world and the world unto him. Meaning the world has nothing on him. There's nothing the world has to offer him that is, you know, that is tempting or alluring enough. That's how you're meant to live. Some people still have options. That's why the devil can tempt them. You are still one leg in, one leg out. You're not sold out. That's why the devil can tempt you. So when the multitude sought for bread and Jesus won't perform the miracle again, they walked away and he came to the disciples and said, will you also go? And they said, where would we go? Go where? Go where? You have the words of eternal life. Go where? Until you come to a go where perspective in your walk with God, you're not getting it. I don't have any options. It's Jesus or nothing. That's what, that's, what, that's what consecration is. Praise the name of the Lord. So again, I want to ask you, 
Are you listening? Uh, time is fast spent, so I want to quickly tell you a story. The Bible tells us a very crucial story. In 1 Kings chapter 22, the Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat went to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said, "Ah, you know, Gilead is ours. Let's go contend for that land. You know, have you ever felt punked before? I can do this. Let's do this. Let's go and do it. You know, and Jehoshaphat, a very good friend, I hope you're like Jehoshaphat, he told him, he said, you know what, I would support you. Everything that you need, I'll give to you. My horses are your horses. My people are your people. But he said this. He says, only make sure that you follow the leading of God. I hope you give advice like that. Come on, I said, I hope you give advice like that. So verse 5 of 1 Kings 22, he said, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. And then the king, you know what he did? He called 400 prophets. There is a way to know when you are not really looking for leadings. And that's the mistake some of you make. There are too many voices in your life. They will now confuse you. Too many prophets in your life. This guy, and it's usually people who have money. This guy, because he's king, he gathered 400 prophets. He's sitting on his throne with fine linen. The Bible described his posture. So that's why I'm telling you. And he's sitting there comfortably. He's being entertained. And, you know, you have money. Prophets, prophesy. Some of you know what I'm saying because your parents do it too. <laughs> Shake it. They are jumping from, play this clip for them. They are jumping from prophet to prophet. Some, you are not even sure, prophet or alpha, or babalao. a lady I prayed for not too long ago had demon spirits cast out the demons from her sat her down said what happened to you and she said my mother took me to a white garment pastor pastor in quotes and he took me to a river and bathed me and her life was never the same again what they thought was prayer Gave that young girl demons. Got 400 people to be prophesying. And you know, <laughs> it's the king now. When you block the prophet's eyes with money, what will he see? They will like, go, victory, <laughs> conquer, overcome, overtake, over, over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And that's why some people didn't understand my preaching at the watch night service. Because, you know, some people were expecting to use your, this year, you take territories. You can, you know, I can do those things. It's bulldog effect. I'm sorry. This effect. You know. But I just started talking about alignment. Not every year is a good year for everybody. You need to align. You know, and at least three people told me that some people had questions about that sermon. What type of sermon? In fact, someone said halfway. He didn't understand <laughs> when this thing was going. What is pastor saying? But I'm sure all of you understand now. I mean, with the mask on your face. You, you understand now? 
these prophets were prophesying, go, unconquer. You know, Jehoshaphat being a man of God said, is there not another prophet that we should inquire from? Do you know what the king said? He said, there's one guy, Micaiah, but I don't like him. Because he does not prophesy good things concerning me. Always evil. He said, I hate him. He does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Always, always bad prophecy. Well, sir, maybe because you are bad. <laughs> but he didn't see it that way. You see what I'm saying? He's not consecrated. His idea of a good prophecy is a prophecy that suits what he wants to do. You see, you see the problem? A good prophecy is a prophecy that suits his agenda. Jehoshaphat said, don't speak like that. So they sent for Micaiah. As they were bringing Micaiah, the messenger said, see, you may not know what's going on in that place, but let me tell you, let me give you expo. 400 prophets have encouraged the king, go, don't say anything different. Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says, that's what I will say. This is a good story. You better open it and maybe highlight it. As the Lord leaves, whatever the Lord says to me, that's what I will speak. And he went there. <laughs> Even Micaiah, when he saw the atmosphere there, you know, he just said, you know what? King, go, you will have victory. <laughs> and the king said, ah, ah, I know you are not saying the truth. Have I not told you? Always say the truth. You know people, have you seen people who... <laughs> Just last week, a lady said, ah, these are the issues I'm having in my relationship. Shh, should I break up? I asked, what about this? What about that? Got more information. He will give me the answer. Say, should I break up? I will ask more questions. Should I break up? I said, hmm. Okay, break up. Ah, pastor, but I love him. I'm like, This is where he started. Meet the king, the first man. <laughs> to... <laughs> I preach good, bring your friends. So, <laughs> so, so he said, have I not told you? Always tell me the truth, prophesy. So my king now said, I see Israel as a sheep without shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning you are going to die. I see Israel as a sheep without shepherd. I see them scattered on the field. He stood up. He said, did I not tell you? Did I not say it? You know, this guy was speaking like a Nigerian. You need to see, the king of Israel said to Joseph, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? He would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And then he would have just left it there. Like, okay, he prophesied. You don't like it. Move on. You know what he did? He told the soldiers, said, arrest him. Have you seen people who make enemies of people who advise them? Like I said, back to parents. Parents do this thing a lot. Can I shake one table? You come with someone you have dated three years, four years. You, your pastor has mentored the person. 
He's, you know, he attends a good church, well behaved, everything. You go to your parents and they say, I will take you to my pastor to pray about it. No problem. That's good. The only problem is, from your body language, the man of God can already see that you are not in approval. Because you are skeptical about the young man because he's not driving a car yet. Or the lady because she's not from your tribe. You have your bias. And I even like people who will just be open and say, okay. I prefer people who will be outright and say, he's not Europe, I don't want. As silly as that is to me. Then you go. You give that, give that man of God dangerous seed. You can't see anymore. <laughs> and you say, ah. Do you know how many great homes have been hindered because of prophets who are following their stomach? Great homes. Sometimes I see a couple, I'm almost in tears. You love each other. Great everything. When you say it's like a jigsaw puzzle, they match like this. Bam! Then one man of God says, no. Hallelujah. And let me warn you, young people. There is a balance to these things. We teach honor for our parents, and the Bible does teach honor. But you have to realize it's your destiny at stake. If you like, let them take you to Ifa. In the name of honor, follow them. You are the one who will bear the consequences of that burden. You are the one. Remember. Remember you are the one. So it's high time you learned to at least express yourself. Say, you know, this is what I want. Hallelujah. Say with me, I trust the leading of God. I trust the timing of God. Speaking of timing, my time is up. The resident pastor is giving me, I, I will preach. Now me, now me ordain you. What's wrong with you? Give me I. <laughs> Hallelujah. First period of the five verse seven. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Did you learn anything? Woo! Yes. Glory to God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. First Peter chapter five verse seven. Are you there? Stand to your feet. Read it together. One, two, go. Personalize it. Say, I will cast all my cares on him. Want to go? Because he cares for me. Be more direct about it. Say, I cast all my cares on him. Because he cares for me. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He said, make your request known unto God. Listen, an anxious heart will never be a discerning heart. Too anxious. Now you are not, you're not, you're not receptive to the timing of God. 
there has to be a brokenness, a consecration. The Lord is speaking to you right now. Surrender to His plan. And say, I will cast all my cares upon Him. I'll lay all my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all of my cares upon Him. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.